me today. I, I've got new glasses. <laughs> Don't I look younger? No, you might need glasses. <laughs> oh, they come up here. Oh, here we go. Let me get to the top one. Um, and play. There we go. Um, I got them and I thought, oh, I look so trendy. But I'm, I'm a bit cheapskate, okay? So being Scottish, you know what I mean? When, when the option is, do you want varied vocal, vocal which I need, that was extra money. Um, and being Scottish, I'm like, oh, I can manage without, surely. Uh, so, uh, um, so I look okay like this, but in a minute when I have to read, I have to peer out the bottom or take them off. So they'll be coming off and on, but... Good. I'm glad you're all here. And good to see those in line. Glad you're there as well. Have we got any in Cafe Church? Oh, we have got some up there as well. well welcome to you guys. Um, we're going to be speaking about Mother's Day, but we, before we go on, I just want to stop and say, for some people, Mother's Day is very painful. For those who've, who've lost a mother, especially recently. For those who've, who've found it hard to conceive and never managed to be a mother, that can be, be painful. For those whose mother were absent in their life, that can be uh, quite painful. For those whose mother uh, wasn't the best of mothers, can be painful for people when we speak about Mother's Day. But let me just pray and then we'll, then we'll, we'll speak and, and move on. So Father, I pray for those who find today difficult, for those whose heart is breaking. With just that word mother uh, really brings pain. And we pray, Father, for healing, for restoration. Father, may this day we know your power in our lives. For we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. We're going to look at three mothers today. Um, three, three mothers from the Bible. And we've got four points, so we're going to have to rattle through them. Otherwise, we'll, we'll be uh, late for communion and late for everything else. But um, I, I just want to, want to speak about mothers and, and, and the joys that they bring, bring to our lives. Um, I do have one. Um, a, a mother. She's she's not in the country, so uh, doesn't count when it comes to Mother's Day. Ah, she'll get a phone call. <laughs> I would send flowers, but she's in a caravan somewhere. So uh, if you're watching, Mum, Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> I got you these. <laughs> so if we've got a Bible, we're going to look at. Um, we're going to start with Hannah. A Hannah in the Bible. Now, now Hannah was, was um, her husband had two wives, and she was like the, the, the other wife, you know what I mean? One wife had loads of kids, and then she didn't have any. And she found it extremely painful that this other mother, uh, uh, this other wife just was, was producing kids, and almost in her face was, was making fun of her that she couldn't have kids. And every year they would go up to the, t- go up to the temple, and, and this year when she, well, we go up to, to celebrate up to, to the tabernacle, and this year as she went, she found it really painful. And it says, as she was there, she cried. And this is where we'll pick the story up. So this is uh, 1 Samuel 1 and, and verse 9. It says, now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the, by the doorpost of the Lord's house. And in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. 
And she kept on praying to the Lord. And Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought that she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. First thing I want to say is a mother's prayer, about a mother's prayer. A mother's prayer is the most powerful thing you'll see. Don't we all pray when that bundle of joy, when, when they first arrived and you prayed and, and the Lord keep and, and you know I mean, I don't know how many people who've, who've prayed for their kids over the years. We used to pray for our kids that they would just eat normally, you know what I mean? Uh, just eat something that's green, okay? And we don't mean like green-flavored ice cream or, or something, but uh, we, 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 we pray. Oh, sorry, that was the next piece of the things. But um, we would just pray that the God would do something in their life. We went out for a meal last night, and we took our granddaughter with us. And look at that. These, those prayers might have not worked for our kids, but for our grandkids. Look at this, a plate of broccoli, and she's in, in her elements eating broccoli. Funny boys, never saw you eating that sort of stuff. Uh, but we do pray for our kids, don't we? We do pray and hope that the Lord takes them and the Lord uses them. We pray that they'll grow up to, to, know, to know God. We pray that they'll grow up to have a, a full life. And we need to keep praying and keep praying. There's, this, there's a verse in the Bible that says, treat, um, treat older women as mothers and younger women as sisters. Treat older women as, as mothers and younger women as sisters. And I love this because I know over the years when, I, when I've heard people stand up and, and give testimony, you get the testimony for the front, but you get the testimony from the congregation. I don't know how many times I've been in a congregation where I've seen a, someone stand up and, and, and tell their story. And when you sit down or have a coffee afterwards, there'll be this granny who will grab you and she goes, Oh, I've been praying for him since he was four. When he got to 12, we had thought we'd lost it, but we continued to pray. And when he got to 22, we thought he would never come back. Uh, we continued to pray. And when he got to 30, we hoped, but we continued to pray. And they prayed this man back into the church. Don't give up prayers. Hannah was a prayer, a prayer warrior. She prayed for her child. She'd pray that God would do something in him and through him. You know, that man changed the nation. It says at that point, it says that I've got... It says this, this is 1 Samuel 3, 1. It says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the law was rare, and there were not many visions. Until Samuel turned up. God was quiet until this woman prayed for the Lord to give her a child. She gave her a child, and she said she would bring him up uh, as, as a baby. And when he got to the age where he, he could be a, a small child, she'd give him to the Lord, give him to, to Samuel and to, to, the, to the temple, and that he would bring him up. And he changed the nation, and I believe it was because of her prayers. 
that he was the one who heard from God in a powerful way that people hadn't heard for years. And the nation was changed. If we want to see our churches changed, our nations changed, we need to pray. Pray for our children. And keep on praying for our children. I imagine when Samuel was about three, that she took him to the, to the temple and she never came back with him. That she left him there with Eli. There in the tabernacle as he ministered before the Lord. And God used him greatly. But I tell you what, I bet she never stopped praying day after day for that child. May we pray. May we have faith like Hannah and pray for our kids. There's a story of a, of a mother. And she, she, she had a, a small child, about five or six, and she sat her on her knee, and this girl observed her mother, and she said, Mom, why have you got some grey streaks in your hair? And mum thought this is a great opportunity to do a teaching point with her little child. And she looked at her and she said, I have great streaks in my hair because every time you do something that I tell you not to do, this appears. <laughs> oh, said the girl. Oh, oh. What did you do to my grandmother? <laughs> <laughs> We need to pray for our children and we need to keep on praying for our children. Mary. Quite remarkable. I think we overlook her. I think especially in the Protestant church we we, we don't realize how how great she was. How how this, this girl who of about 13 heard some news that most people would find terrifying. Let me read it to you. So, so the angel turns up and says, boom, don't be afraid. <laughs> You're going to have a baby. And it's not going to be your fiancés. And he's going to be great. And you're going to give him the name Emmanuel because it's going to be God with us. And the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you're going to conceive. And she answers, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. What faith is that? In those days, you could, you could, you could die for being found pregnant. You could have been stoned to death. Joseph could have reacted in an angry way and had her dragged before the elders of the town. But she still said, oh, well... I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. A woman of faith. I like this a little bit further on. And on the third day of the wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. And Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And when the wine was gone, the mother said to him, They have no more wine. Women, do not involve me, Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. The faith of a mother. Even when Jesus wasn't sure, even when Jesus hadn't realized his ministry had started, his mom knew. 
Do whatever he says. This is recorded as Jesus' first miracle. It's almost like, I mean, I don't know how it worked with Jesus, but almost like when he didn't believe in himself that this was the time. She did, she knew. The faith of a mother. Faith is really important in people's life. Especially the early stages. Your influence over people when they're young is huge. And I think when, when people see that we believe, that we truly believe, that this is real for us, and when you bring kids up and, and involve them in your, your faith life, you will see people change. There, there was a question that was asked of us a few years back. We, there was a, well, there still is a massive concern that almost like 92% of teenagers who go to university lose their faith over those years at university. And they started to say, what is the answer? How, how can we fulfill it? What is the problem? And they started to look at, is it, is it a problem at university? Is it a problem with the, 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 the companies that work at universities, like, you know what I mean, like um, the Christian unions and things? And they looked in and thought, it's not changed that much. They've not done something drastically wrong that would cause this exodus from the church. And, and so they started to look through. And, and most of the information that they found out, that it's, it's not, the only difference that's sort of happened over the years is the influence of, of parents with their children that has changed. I never had Christian parents. So I've never experienced this. But in the past, I've been told that, that, that mums and dads would sit and would pray with their kids and read the Bible to the kids and, and talk about faith to the kids. They, they would take them to Sunday school and, 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 and teach them that way. But what had happened over the years, they realized that, that, that the influence in the home has reduced and that there's no longer that influence at home, that parents aren't praying with their kids, aren't reading the scriptures to their kids, aren't involving them in faith and talking about how faith affects them. And we all have quiet times and we do it secretly, don't we? I'm going to go read my Bible, find somewhere so quiet so no one will disturb me where... Maybe the best place to do your quiet time is right in the middle of a busy home so your children see you reading your Bible. And so when they grow up, they go to the, go to the children's program and the youth program. But when they hit university, they say, well, it wasn't real at home. And they stop and they give up. The influence of faith makes a massive difference in people's life. And also, I love the fact that Mary believed in Jesus. You know, sometimes we really need to believe in our kids and have faith in them. I got a phone call from a, from a mum when I was at a different church a few years back going, my son is in trouble at school. Could you come? He needs a dad. And you're about as closest thing to a dad that he's got. Would you come and speak to the headmaster on his behalf. And I went, of course. And I went up there. And you know when I was there, that everything that went through my mind was all them times my mum went to school on my behalf and spoke to the headmaster. When she said something that I probably still don't believe are true, but she could see in me potential that I couldn't even see in myself, nor the teacher. And she would stand there and she would fight and argue for them to keep me at school. 
Maybe she was scared that it would send me home and expel me and I'd be at home longer. But she fought her case and she believed in me. And when I would go up to school to speak to on this child's behalf, that's what came to my mind. She had faith in me even when I didn't have faith in myself. Jesus' mom had faith in him even when he didn't have that sort of faith. I'm sure he did, but even though he didn't realize his time had started. I love mothers, don't you? My, my mother's wonderful in, in many ways, strange in other ways. Um, her, her, her cooking is something to be observed at a distance, I imagine. So we were once talking about our mums, well, they were talking about my mum with a group of my mates, and, and one friend joined the group halfway through the conversation. In the conversation, one of my friends was going, well, I think your mum's very scary. At that point, my friend, other friend joined in and went, yeah, I'll bet there too, was his comment. <laughs> we, we, we went on a, a school trip, and, um, and on this school trip, it meant that we didn't have school dinners which is normally fine for most kids. They get excited by this. But for me, that's terrifying to think what is in that sandwich. And we got to, got to before I even opened my box of sandwiches, I was like, anyone want to swap? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone looked like, no, not with you. And I opened it up and I had two bits of bread. And as I opened up the bread, there was a, a, piece, of, a piece of paper in between them. And I thought, oh, this is different. And there written that piece of paper, she'd written me a little note saying, in some countries, they don't even have the bread. <laughs> Thanks, Mum. <laughs> Everyone swapping. <laughs> a note sandwich. So. The prayers of a mother, the faith of a mother. The next mother we're going to look at is, is Naomi. And we're going to be looking at Ruth chapter 3. It says, um, this is Naomi. So, 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 so Naomi had two boys. Her two boys married um, when the, when the, because there was a famine. They went to another country and they married these, these foreign, foreign girls. And, and then her, her two boys died as well as her husband. So she's left with these, these uh, daughter-in-laws and, um, and she has to return. So she sends one. One goes back to, to, to her family. But the other one refuses to go back and, and says, look, wherever you go, I will go. You know what I mean, your people will be my people. Your country will be my country, and your God will be my God. Mean nothing separate us. And off they go back to her hometown. She comes from a little town. You might have heard of it. Um, it's called um, Bethlehem. Anyone know of Bethlehem, little place? Yeah, I know what you're thinking, I know. David came from Bethlehem, that's right, yes. Anyway, she went, she went back there, and, um, and, and it says that she, she doesn't know the people or the customs. You, you ever been in another country where you just don't know the customs? You know what I mean? I, I, we did training, we were sending some of our young people out to, to uh, Thailand, and we were telling them which way they had to point their feet, and, and all these customs that would offend people if you, if you don't know. When I took Rachel to meet my parents, remember that day, Rach? And uh, it was the first time I actually told my parents that, that well, <laughs> when they arrived, my mum was like, she's English. <laughs> I was, Funny enough, that, isn't it? <laughs> so, 
When she was there, my mum offered uh, Rachel a drink. It was, it was bedtime, and my parents had their customary goodnight drink, which was a black Russian. Um, and they're offering these drinks around, and, 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 my, and Rachel's like, no, 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 nothing for me. And my mum's like, um, a cup of tea? And no, no, I'm okay. Uh, coffee? Uh, no, no, no. Hot chocolate? No, 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 no. And she could throw the list, and she's just getting to the point and going, Water? Would you like water? Rachel has no idea that, that in our part of Scotland, where we come from, not to accept a drink is an insult on the home. And I'm like, she wants water, Mum. Rachel's like, I don't want water. She does. Give her water. <laughs> but it's a custom to the home. And in and, and, and the same way came back to, 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 um, to, to Ruth. Ruth, who was of Naomi, didn't know the customs of the people. And if it wasn't for the guidance of Naomi, they wouldn't have made it. Now, Naomi goes out to, to work, and, and the customs of the people is that you leave the edges of the field for those who are poor. And so, so, so Naomi says to Ruth, go, and you'll find in the edges of the field somewhere where you can pick some, some, some grain so we can eat. And as she's there, she catches the eye of this, this man called Boaz, and Ruth says, actually, he's, he's a relative. He's a relative of ours. And we could be, he could be our savior. He could help us. He could be our, our kinsman redeemer as such. And, and Ruth advises. And she goes to this bowl. And, and you get to, to, to this, this point. And everywhere she goes, and there's this bowl. And then Ruth gives, Naomi gives Ruth this advice, which seems dodgy, but just because of the custom, it isn't. And this is, this is what, what Ruth uh, Responds, I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and she did everything her mother-in-law had told her to do. Basically, she went down to the threshing floor and she prepared a place where, where Boaz would go to sleep and she would sleep at his feet and he'd wake up and they'd fall in love, they'd get married and they'd be safe. But if it wasn't for the guidance of um, Naomi, none of that would happen. If there was no marriage between Ruth and Boaz, there would be no David, there would be no Savior later on, there would be no Jesus, because they came from that family. We all need guidance, don't we? We all need guidance from our parents, people who who can help us. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I always looked at my parents and thought, they are so old. Do you find that, Luke? The right answer. <laughs> when, when I was in youth group, we had a couple who did a who did our young uh, who did our um, our youth group who ran it. Two two leaders, and they were ancient. I mean, they were so old. Anyway, a few years ago, I went to visit them. And when I went to visit them, I, I was looking at them, going, "You look like the same age as me." And they looked at me and said, "Well, what do you mean?" I went, "Well, I expected you to be like." Really old and crippley, and you know what I mean, and hardly be able to speak or move, and you know what I mean, need a frame. And, and they look at me and go, How old do you think we are? I went, I don't know, you're about 45, 50. When I was in the youth group, they went, We were 24. <laughs> they were nine years older than me. I thought, Really? You seemed a lot older then. <laughs> now, as a parent, I can remember my parents being my age. In fact, I can remember my parents being a lot younger than what I am now. And I used to look at them going, they've got no idea of this world. 
But actually they did. Much better than me. Guidance. The advice of a parent is really important. Especially of a parent. Because you know, you'll find a parent wants the best for you. Other people who give advice usually want the best from themselves. But a mum and your dad usually want to give you the best advice that they can. They want the best in your life. Listen to them. Follow them. And you will find that. Guidance is is really important. People to to point you in the right direction. Uh, Time is disappearing. Let's do the next one. Um, So that's the prayers of a mother, faith of a mother, guidance of a mother. And then we back to Mary again. It says that, My mind asks questions when they shouldn't. And this is a really sensitive bit of scripture, but there's something rattling in my mind. See if you pick it up. This is, this is at the cross of Jesus, okay? Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Cleopas, Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there and his disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home. And you're all giving me that blank look going, what's wrong with that? Mary's dad, okay? Never mentioned in the scriptures. Mary's dad. Did he have a daughter and go, I'm going to call her Mary? It's a lovely name. And then when it came to her sister, did he go, what shall we call the sister? We're going to call her Mary too. Because that's what that says. There was Mary, and then the sister of Mary, the wife of Cleopas. Two Marys and one family. Oh, we like Jacob so much as a name, we called his brother it as well. This is Jacob, Jacob, and his other brother, Jacob, and his son, Jacob. Yeah. Is, is, we all know, actually, that's going to be, obviously, Joseph's sister, isn't it? We hope. But it could be all Marys in one family. Is that, is that just my mind? You're all looking at me going, Steve, that's not funny at all. But that's weird, isn't it? Mary and, and Mary's sister. Anyway, moving on uh, quickly before I get myself into any more trouble. Here is Mary at the cross watching her son. Oops. There's a, a, there's a bit of scripture that I thought was in there. No. Um, it says, when, when Simeon prophesied over the baby Jesus, he also gave a word to, to, to Mary saying, in the future, your heart is going to cause your heart to break. And it's true. Here is Mary. And um, her heart is breaking as she's watching her child on a cross. Everything she hoped for, dreamed of, is now coming to an end. And often we break our mother's hearts and do things that we ought not to have done and say things that we shouldn't say and forget her. I think even in this, this, this terrible time for Jesus, he has the thought to remember not only 
of what God and the Father is doing at that point, but also of his mother. And he turns to his disciple and says, look, I want her to be your mum and you to be her mum. And I never knew, and I still don't know, of what way the influence goes. John, I want you to look after this woman because she's special to me and I'll need you to be there for her. Or was it the other way? Was he going, Mom, this is a special disciple of mine and I need you to be influential in his life as you were in my life. Not quite sure, but I'm sure there's a bit of both there. You know that, that, that Mary and, and John stayed together for, for a long time. Obviously, John got um, sent off uh, to Patmos for, for many years and I'm sure Mary uh, then had other things. But questions to me, why didn't Jesus give him to Mary to his brother. Why didn't he ask her to look after ask him to look after her? But no, why? Because I think Jesus wanted the best. This is a woman of faith. She needs a man of faith. We're there to encourage and to build up, and even on this day, we need to remember our mums and we need to pray for them and we need to be there for them and we need to encourage them and not just be a heartbreak. A few years ago, I was talking to my mum about, about scriptures. And uh, I was speaking about, you know what I mean, this, the, the different characters in the Bible. And she goes, you know, she said to me, she goes, I don't, I don't think Jesus, I don't think Jesus would have coped in Scotland. Certainly wouldn't have coped in our house. I was like, what? She went, yeah, yeah. She went, you know that bit when he was 12? I was like, yeah, yeah, when he went to the temple. She goes, well, if Jesus was mine, he wouldn't have survived that. If he came and said, oh, you'd expect me to find me in my father's house, maybe that would have been true, but you wouldn't have survived that. <laughs> I was like, all right, mum. She goes, another point. She goes, when he was a bit older, I went, yeah. She goes, um, and, and they came to, came to the house, Mary and her brothers, and Jesus says, well, here is my brothers and sisters. Uh, here's my mother and brothers. In here I'm teaching, left his mum and brothers outside. She looked at me, she went, you wouldn't have survived that either. I was like, Mom, would you have taken out the Son of God? Yes. <laughs> here, is, here is Jesus on the cross, thinking of his mum. But we're now going to come to communion, and here is Jesus on the cross, thinking of us too. So let's uh, prepare our hearts as we come to this time. Uh, no. So before we take communion together, we're going to sing a couple of songs to focus our minds on the fact that we have this amazing God. <laughs>